On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito pop pass end zone. Touchdown and the ball game. DeVito in relief wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Ah! Nate. ESPN Radio 97.7. ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Heard on 96.5 FM. Heard wherever you are. Whatever you're doing. What are you what are you doing? What are, what are you doing? How are you? What are you doing? Everything okay? Y'all good? Are you listening on the ESPN app? Are you watching on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk? Why am I talking so quietly suddenly? Why why am I whispering? Hey, Twitch. Do you hear that? Everybody turn up the radio ever so slightly. If you're on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk, lean in a little closer. Turn up the volume on your computer because do you hear that? Texans, Chiefs, tonight, the National Football League will be on my television. It'll be on your television. It'll be on televisions across the world. Yeah, we've seen a little, little sprinkle college football and Navy and junk teams we've been watching so far. But tonight, 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 tonight's the night. Tonight. Your night, bro, because football is back. Football is returned. The National Football League is upon us, something we will discuss this hour as uh, my predictions, to steal an old phrase from Mike and Mike, sure to go wrong. The official Super Bowl 55 pick. Last year's Super Bowl pick was a disaster. Last year's Super Bowl pick was one of the worst in my broadcast career. Last year's Super Bowl pick. That's just dumb. The guy is drunk. Dumb. We're going to make up for it this year. We're going to crush it this year. We're going to give you the official Axeman Super Bowl pick, and we're going to be right. We're going to nail it. We're going to look back on this day, and we're going to say we crushed it this time as opposed to the crash and burn of last year's horrid Super Bowl picks. We will talk football. Not only in this hour with the NFL Blitz Prediction Edition. Tomorrow, Football Friday, we're going to have the NFL Blitz as usual. We're going to take you through every game in the National Football League, tell you everything you need to know 
especially for a entertainment purposes only perspective. But we're going to give you the prediction version of the NFL Blitz. We're going to catch you up on all the offseason news. Oh, yeah, that guy went there. Cam Newton's in New England now. Who's that coach? What happened? We're going to catch you up. We're going to give you the highlights from each division, and we're going to make our picks. We're going to put it on the record. Football! Speaking of football, we're going to continue to preview Syracuse and North Carolina. Brendan Marks is going to join the program about an hour from now. From The Athletic, covers North Carolina. Continue to get a perspective on this Tar Heels team. Uh, to go back to the NFL here momentarily, our good friend from WGR, the, Bills make me the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, throw your hands up and throw your hands Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. He will join us at 520 to discuss, uh, oh boy, a season of high expectations for your Buffalo Bills. I'm getting used to that. I just said that. I'm letting that process, but it's true. Like, there's actual high expectations. If the Bills do not... See, it, last year was if we make the playoffs, like I'd cut off my pinky finger for it to happen. But I now... Can I ex- expect? Expect. Let me Google that word. Expect. Yeah, I expect the Bills to make the playoffs. Maybe even, Maybe even win a game in the postseason. So we'll go over... All the expectations, how Josh Allen can carry this team to triumph, to glory, to an AFC East title, we think, we hope, with Tom Brady out of the division. We'll go on the blind side later in the show. Seth will join us via the socially distant speaker. Hot takes as usual, including I think our dream has died, folks. I was all about the all-in NCAA tournament concept yesterday. Dan Gavitt, who is essentially the commissioner of college basketball and always a VP of the NCAA, somebody who's actually, hey, been out there and saying this is what we plan to do for college basketball. So that's a good thing as opposed to college football when the NCAA was like, flick, flick who? Never heard of him. The dream has died for the all-in tournament. We'll go inside the bubble at Metellin, and not that you need me to, but if you haven't been watching for one reason or the other, those NBA players, I'm not, I'm not watching it. You're missing great basketball. You're missing great hockey. Night in, night out, in the bubble. It's amazing. And some very disappointing news on the local high school football front we'll get into during hot takes. But, you know, it's I, it is understandable It almost feels normal in a way that football has arrived and people start asking questions. I was just discussing the expectations for the Buffalo Bills, right? It's it's weird to be a Bills fan and to expect to make the playoffs, to expect success, to expect this team to take a step forward and prove that they're they're there. Like they're they can win the division again. They can compete. They've got every piece to the puzzle. And the expectation feels good. It feels it doesn't normal would not be the word for the Bills, but to have these conversations today. By the way, today, you know, for all the talk of shutdowns and everything the pandemic does not allow us to do, do you know that today is the 20th sports equinox in history? The NFL, NBA, National Hockey League, Major League Baseball in action on the same day. We could get up to six more of those days this month alone. It's actually the first day ever that you've had the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, WNBA, MLS, and NHL playing on the same day, not to mention the PGA Tour, the LPGA, and some other sports I'm probably forgetting. So we just had this gluttony of sports right now because of the pandemic and everything pushed back and everything you don't need me to explain to you because you know. So as we go into the start of this Syracuse football season, 
I've been seeing this pop up more on Twitter. I've had people ask me this on the streets of East Syracuse, New York, in Wegmans, whatever the case may be. And it is not in a, how can I phrase this? It's not in a bloodthirsty way. How about that? It's in a curiosity. And what they're asking and what they're saying, and again, it feels normal in a way, because the football season is going to happen, and with the football season comes certain expectations. And no matter how you slice the pie, last year, not a good season for Syracuse football. Five and seven would not be a good year no matter what. But five and seven coming off of the hype train of the 10-win season, that incredible offseason. Last year, that offseason, with the uniform celebration and just it, it seemed like a month, months long victory tour. After ten wins, we did the big celebration at spring football, and Eric Dungey was there, and Floyd Little was there, and Tom Coughlin, and Larry Zonka, and there was more people at that event than I'd ever seen. It felt good, right? But that balloon popped fairly early on in the season, as we know, and the loss to Maryland, and things just kind of rolled from there, and. While the season ended on a high note, with Trill Williams returning that 94-yard fumble for a touchdown, 5-7, and seven, no matter how you slice that pie, of course a disappointment. Well, the world changed, and Syracuse football tried to find a way to play through it. They got three days of spring football, a spring and summer full of Zoom meetings and trying to get things accomplished in football that... You can't get accomplished in football. You got to be on the field. You got to do these things. You got to practice these things, right? But then they found a way through. They got back on campus. They went through a training camp, albeit missed some practices in training camp for a myriad of reasons, including they wanted to ensure that testing was being done properly, not only for themselves, but for the teams they were visiting. I'm looking at you, Liberty, but even at North Carolina, where they had to shut down campus. They tried to give it a go, didn't work. So here we are, two days away from kickoff. And I think the closer we've gotten to kickoff, people are getting excited because they're just reading football stories. They're hearing football conversations, and they're kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. And it's like, oh, they're they're just talking football. They're not talking about COVID or what ifs. Would they, could they, should they? No, they're just talking football. So with that comes what I think is a natural curiosity. And that is this. Would Dino Babers be on the hot seat if Syracuse struggles again, or is he on the hot seat now? So let's address each of those. Is Dino Babers on the hot seat to start this season right here, right now? That's hot. Okay, we'll go with it. The answer is unequivocally no. The answer is unequivocally no. And I would say that about any coach in the country, no matter what their status is. As much as people want to feel normal, as much as people want to have high expectations for Syracuse football, and their expectation to show some improvement, to take some steps forward, to clean up the mess from last year, all fair, all valid. But you also have to be realistic. You asked for change. You asked for a new defensive coordinator, you got it. You didn't ask for a new offensive coordinator, but you got that. Dino Babers, even in the midst of the season last year, made that change. But once the offseason came, he wiped the slate clean. Now, Sterling Gilbert is not exactly 
how can I put this? He doesn't have quite the remodeling project that Tony White does on the defensive side. But it's a new coordinator. It's new verbiage. It's new play calling. While he's in lockstep with Dino, they've coached together before. They're more in sync. You don't want to do a complete overhaul of both sides of the ball. It's somebody new. Which, again, Tommy DeVito has spoke just swimmingly about Gilbert. The enthusiasm he brings to the table, the type of plays they're going to run, the type of offense he wants to have, and he's saying all the right things, but they just didn't have as much time to work on these things. On the football field, you can zoom until your heart's content. On the football field, they did not have the time you really need to make these changes, and we're going to see them before our very eyes. It's going to be fascinating the approach that teams take. We were talking about this with our buddy Joe Giglio on the show yesterday. It's up at ESPNSyracuse.com or subscribe to our podcast at ESPN Syracuse on iTunes to hear that conversation. And Joe was discussing what he feels the approach is going to be for these teams this year and how they're just, it's basically going to be like a seven on seven approach, which benefits Syracuse, which benefits North Carolina, frankly, at least on paper. We'll see what plays out starting at noon on Saturday, pregame coverage right here at 10 a.m. with yours truly on ESPN Syracuse at ESPN Radio Utica Rome. So you got change. What you didn't get is the proper time for those changes to bake. So I don't know how anybody could ask for all of that, know what we just went through in this offseason, be a realistic, common-sense person, and say that, well, if they don't win six games or whatever your line in is the sand, that, well, you got to make changes. That, that makes absolutely no sense on the surface. It also doesn't make sense to me because, look, I think Dino Babers is a coach that the fans, the community, the university, anybody you want to put under this umbrella is invested in, wants to see succeed, has shown on the path they can do it. There have been several flashpoints that you don't need me to repeat, but it bears repeating. Virginia Tech. Clemson, almost beating Clemson again. A penalty away. They were a fourth down play away from beating Clemson at Clemson in 2018. Florida State in 2018. Now, it's fair to point out that overall Dino is under 500. It's fair to point out that he is not living up to the mantra that he preaches every day. Be consistently good, not occasionally great. Syracuse under Dino Babers has been occasionally great. But we can't fall into this trap of you don't reach this point, we move on, especially given the changes that were made to try and get better. You've got to let those things settle in. So I think most people agree with me. I think most people are reasonable. So when I've been asked this, and again, it's not out of bloodlust. It's not out of, because I've gone through some coaching changes, as many of you remember coaching changes. When people were asking about Greg Robinson, it was, it's going to happen, right? When's it going to happen? When people were asking about Scott Schaefer towards the end of his thing, it's like, ah, we're, we're going to he's we're gonna have to do this, right? Because people like Schaefer, and they liked his enthusiasm, and they liked some things they saw on that team, but you just kind of knew, like, yeah, this, this isn't working. And we never really got that chance to, I never on these airwaves, not once, called for Scott Schaefer to be fired. I think there's a misperception there. I've called for other coaches to be fired. But we never got that chance because we just kind of got to the end of that year. Mark Coyle came in, bing, bang, boom. He just took care of it. 
but it's different to me with Dino. And you could say it's an excuse. You can say that, you know, the coronavirus and everything that came with the offseason gave him and every coach in the country basically like a contract extension, if you will. Oh, by the way, they gave Dino that contract extension that many of you were calling this show and going on social media, whatever the case may be, and calling for. And like five minutes later, we're like, now I'm done with that. No, it doesn't work that way. So, again, Dino is very popular. If I did like some sort of, you know, polls are very popular this time of the year, right? Yay, democracy. Dino's approval rate amongst Orange Nation, I would put it 80%. And I might be underestimating that. But we all know what happens when the season comes and things happen and football fans get impatient. And yeah, if this team goes three and eight, that's not good. If this team goes four and seven, for me to get on this platform or any other platform and say, no, 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 hang with us. There's progress that happened in here. That's that's not an easy sell. Results are results. That's why that 10 win season was like, it is indisputable what happened. But I think we all know this is a unique season. I think we all know these are unique circumstances. I think we just need to appreciate there will be football short of just an epic disaster. And I don't see that happening, but just short of, and remember the schedule changed on them. They're playing a a, a 10 plus one model. They weren't playing North Carolina until a month ago. They weren't playing Notre Dame until a month ago. Before the season started, they had a reasonable schedule balance between home and road. They now have one of the toughest road schedules in the country. So all that considered, you bake all that in, and if your result of that is he's on the hot seat, well, I just, I I can't get there. I can't, I'm not with you there. You're just probably generally an impatient person. You're falling into old habits. It's different. This is one we got to invest in, ride out. And had the pandemic not happened, there was a regular offseason here. I might have a different opinion about that, not the opinion of I, I want to see a change, just the opinion of that the heat would be turned up because reality is reality. I get what college football is and understand how the process works, but I think I know they got the right guy. And I am going to ride that as far as I possibly can. And if the pandemic and if everything the college football's offseason was gave them a little more time to do that, then I consider that a bonus. I consider that a good thing because I think that's a coach you want to give more time. So I get why the question popped up. I understand why people said it, but the answer is no. The answer is unequivocally no. When we get to 2021, we might have a different conversation. But for now, chill. And on that note, we'll break. It is football time, kids. Special Thursday preview edition of the NFL Blitz coming next. My Super Bowl pick last year was trash. My Super Bowl pick this year? Let's leave it to... The randomness of the Stephen A. Smith button. What's my Super Bowl pick going to be this year, Stephen A.? What did the Knicks have? What did the Knicks have? Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent X. Welcome back. Great tune from Blues Traveler. Hopefully the Orange don't have those Carolina Blues. 
When they come back from Chapel Hill Saturday night, we are going to preview that matchup top of the hour with our friend Brandon Marks from The Athletic, who covers the North Carolina Tar Heels. Sal Capaccio next hour as well. Talk some Bills football with us. Speaking of football, let's keep that conversation rolling as we get into hot takes, baby. Yeah. Oh, wrong button. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for hot takes on the block. All right. Let's get it on the record here, baby. My Super Bowl pick last year was trash. My Super Bowl pick last year was misguided. My Super Bowl pick last year was, Coach, dumb. it was dumb. It was ridiculous. So fire up the music again. Let's make up for lost ground. Now let's go through the divisions here. In the AFC East, I say this with a bit of trepidation. I say this with a bit of hesitation. I say this with a bit of, are you sure about that? Of course I'm sure about that. The Buffalo Bills. That's right, we're back. It took Tom Brady leaving the division. It's been a while. I think the last time the Bills won the division, I don't even think the internet was invented. But this is the year. The Buffalo Bills reclaim their AFC East championship in the AFC North. I could see Pittsburgh doing this. Everybody's on Baltimore. I'm on Baltimore. I'm picking the Ravens to do it. But if Big Ben does Big Ben things, he's healthy, he's locked in, he's ready to go. That's a team that can win the division. In the AFC South, listen, Phillip Rivers last year had some real issues. Phillip Rivers now was it more of that team, that breakdown of the offensive line. It's still a pretty talented team he played on last year. Phillip Rivers showed his age a lot last year, but he's got a good running game. He's got a terrific offensive line now in Indianapolis, one of the best in football. And if, for some reason, Rivers doesn't have it, he gets injured, you have Jacoby Brissett, one of the best backups in football. So listen, I pick Indy, but I pick them hesitantly because I could absolutely see Tennessee winning this division. And despite Bill O'Brien's faults, Houston just always seems to be there. When you have Deshaun Watson, he's going to do Deshaun Watson things. In the AFC West, this is a clear-cut favorite. I don't think anyone in the country is picking anyone other than the Kansas City Chiefs to win that division, nor should you. That would be the biggest surprise of all if they just don't cruise to another AFC West title. Over in the NFC, in the East, I got the Cowboys. In the North, I could see Green Bay doing it. I could see Minnesota doing it. I don't think we're going to pick Chicago or Detroit to win the division. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. But Minnesota's right there in my mind. In the NFC South, you're really picking between New Orleans or Tampa Bay. You're either thinking Tampa Bay and the Bucks ride this star wave. It all clicks. It comes together. Revival under Bruce Arians, and they cruise. Or Drew Brees and the Saints with Alvin Kamara, with Michael Thomas continue to rule that division. That could be close. In the NFC West, this could be the best division in football. You could pick any team in this division, and you could be right about who wins it. I am going to say that the Los Angeles Rams win the division, come back after a disappointing season a year ago, and win their third division in four years. Razor thin. 
so close in that division. So those are the division winners. Now we got to pick some wild card teams. Out of the AFC East, to say the New England Patriots are the wild card team is a bit odd. But, I mean, it's not going to be the Jets. And we certainly know it's not going to be the Fish. I think Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, and the Pats in a 9-7 type way find a way because we've got that extra slot this year. So I think they take it. I think Pittsburgh gets the second spot out of the AFC North. And then the other playoff team from the AFC is certainly going to come out of the South, as we mentioned. It's not coming out of the West in that division with Kansas City. Is it Houston or is it Tennessee is my question. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in football, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in football. I still don't think and trust his head coach. I think losing Hopkins is going to hurt. I think they just take a step back in Tennessee. Slips in there and holds on to that playoff spot in the South. In the NFC, I think Philly joins Dallas out of the NFC East. I think Minnesota joins Green Bay out of the NFC North. So now it comes down to who we taking for that last wild card spot. Will the San Francisco 49ers get back in there? Will any team out of that loaded NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, can't go against one of the best quarterbacks in football, right? Would it stun you if Kyler Murray led those Arizona Cardinals into a wild card spot? But are we gonna are we gonna do it? Are we gonna We're gonna do it! Tampa Bay! The Bucks take that last playoff spot in the NFC. So that leaves us with Super Bowl 55. That leaves us with the big game. That leaves us with Super Bowl 55, by the way, being played in Tampa Bay, in Tampa Bay. Hopefully we have Super Bowl 55, right? We're all just kind of crossing our fingers, rubbing our rabbit's foots, and hoping that football proceeds as normal. And I do think it, I'd be naive to think a game, five games, whatever number you want to put on, there's going to be games affected by the coronavirus. By COVID testing, though, uh, recent NFL testing, less than five positive tests out of, what, 17,000-plus tests, something crazy like that. So I think we're playing football, and they're just going to find a way. It's football, man. Next man up. My Super Bowl pick last year was embarrassing. My Super Bowl pick last year, they, they you should have... I shouldn't be allowed to do this segment anymore. I shouldn't be allowed to make picks anymore. Because I took the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. To go to the Super Bowl. Picking Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl wasn't so crazy. But how dare you, Brent? How dare you trust and go all in on the Cleveland Browns? You should know better as a Buffalo Bills fan that that other shoe is always ready to drop when you talk about certain teams who play on Lake Erie. So I will not be making... A disaster of a pick like that. I am, however, going to pick the team that used to be the Cleveland Browns to go to the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens are coming out of the AFC. Lamar, locked, loaded, better this year. That defense, that team. I've seen people pick Baltimore to go undefeated this year. I'm not quite there. But I think Lamar had to taste it, to know it, to know how to get better. And it is a... Tight race between, it's clearly Patrick Mahomes at the top, but 
between Mahomes, Watson, and Lamar. Trying to claim that GOAT titles, the best quarterback in the National Football League. I think Lamar makes his mark. And the Baltimore Ravens come out of the AFC. In the NFC, oh, the possibilities. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy, I could see Philly there. Could absolutely see Aaron Rodgers pull a rabbit out of his hat and get Green Bay one step further. Remember, they made the NFC title game last year. Minnesota. Look, Kirk Cousins has kind of shed that title as Kirk Cousins. Is that a Super Bowl team, though? That's a playoff team, but is that a Super Bowl team? As much as I'd love to see the storyline of Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, I don't think the Bucks get there. New Orleans is a popular pick, but they're not my pick. Wouldn't stun me if the Rams came out of that division, got their act together, got everything back straight. Still a very talented team in many different spots that could make a run. But in Tampa Bay, the Baltimore Ravens, as much as I throw up in my mouth as I say this, them Cowboys. Baltimore, Dallas, Super Bowl 55. Now that is a Super Bowl pick that will come through, unlike last year's trash. How dare you, Brent? But the comeback is on. Now you have everything you need to know about the NFL season. You don't even have to watch it, but we're going to watch it. Oh, we're going to watch it because it's football. We're going to talk some football top of the hour. Brandon Marks from The Athletics is going to join us to preview Syracuse, North Carolina. We're going to talk more football. The Sal Capaccio is going to join us next hour. I hope that Seth Goldberg puts some football in the blind side, but uh, we're not supposed to know that. So we'll find out together when we come back next hour. Loaded, ready to rock. Talk more. What's that? Talk more what? Football! Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio is presented by AMP Auto Parts. Thank you. Bye-bye.